All right, everybody, welcome to episode seven of Conversation with a Cancer. I am your cancer, and today I have another wonderful guest, someone I met, uh, I would like to say maybe nine years ago, I think we met, something yeah. like that, something like yeah. that. She is someone I met through my sister, Rhonda. She is someone that I have grown to love, and I think is a wonderful individual who is hilarious, <laughs> and uh, I remember... I had told my sister a joke that she wasn't supposed to tell you, and she told you. <laughs> and uh, ever since then, we just always been cool, and we, my, you know, my sister treated you like family and royalty, so I made sure I did the same. So I would like yeah. to in introduce everyone to Tiffany. Please say hello. Hey, what's up, everybody? So, 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 how are you? Man, I'm doing great. I'm making it. You know, we're in the middle of a pandemic and uh, everybody has to kind of find their own wavelength. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? So right now I'm right in mine. I'm right in my way. So I'm, mm -hmm. I'm good. Mm -hmm. So speaking of pandemic, how are you handling the pandemic? So uh, I'm newly divorced. My divorce was final in July of this year, right in the middle of the pandemic. Oof. But it was good, though, because I've been separated for two years. So, oh. And I'm not talking about the separated where you get back with them or you sleep with them or we've been separated not talking for two years. So wow. um, so that was a blessing during the pandemic. Now, mentally and emotionally, being a single woman, just having moved to Florida, no immediate family in the in the you know immediate area. Um, that was kind of challenging, you know, because I really tried to quarantine, tried to do everything right, just go to the store, work out outside or at my house. Um, so emotionally, you kind of realize, you know, this world revolves around people. You know, a lot Absolutely. of times we think that it revolves around money or work or mm. substance, but now nah, it revolves around people. And when you don't have people, you don't have that communication, it messes with your head. So I had a, there were a few times during the pandemic and I had to pop a Zanny. I'm not going to front because I, I was like, yo, I'm flipping. I need to chill. So I popped a Zanny a couple of times during the pandemic, but I'm a lot better now because, you know, things are kind of getting back to normal and the new norm. So it's good. It's good. Yeah. I think my biggest thing was I couldn't go to the gym. Like I felt like not closing or boxing, but I felt like just going to work and coming home and nothing in between. And uh, my daughter's mother decided to keep her at the house so she wouldn't get sick at the beginning of the pandemic. Like, I was going crazy. Like, whoo. Did so you start I, working out at home? Yeah, so I had, my mom had a total gym that she never opened. So I opened it and put it in the basement. And I was working out with that. And then I had some free weights, like some dumbbells that went up to like 50 pounds. But you have to split the 50 pounds in between two dumbbells. So I was doing what I could do. And then I started running outside more. But that first... I think March through May and March through June to my gym opened back up. I, I was going a little stir crazy myself, but yeah. It was but rough. we made it. We yes, in 2021. We, we made we, it. We made it. And we got 19 days until we get that man out of office too. So mm. well, so, we do it. Yes. So I remember how we met, but I would like to hear from your point of view, what you remember about how we met. So I can't even front. I don't remember, but I believe that's what I believe. Okay. That we were, I was invited to a dinner and I think it was like you and your mom 
and Rhonda, your sister. You don't remember when we had dinner? I, I remember that because you your boyfriend at the time was there, correct? Yes. But I think <laughs> I think we had met at my sister's church before then, I think. Because I think I was already familiar with you, or maybe I just, my sister talked to you or talked about you so much that maybe mm -hmm. I thought we had met before then. So it could be Which, either or, but I do remember that. church? Then. Refresh my memory. What was the name of the church? Springfield something. <laughs> That's a better question for my sister. I don't, I don't remember the name of it. I just remember the, what it looked like on the inside, you know, because it was a nice church, but I couldn't tell you the name of it. It could have been First Tabernacle for all I know. Whenever we met, it was mm -hmm. uh, it, it was a beautiful encounter and it's still been beautiful. Like I got so much love for you. Right. That, I mean, I can't even express it. Right. So I my I do have a fond memory of you, uh, but you wasn't in it. So I remember I had asked my sister about you. I was like, well, does she work out? She play volleyball or something? She's like, no, she's in the service. I'm like, oh, oh wonder why she built because you know you you're muscular and you're well built as a as a black woman. So you know, Thank naturally you. I looked, I'm like, she gotta be in some type of sport. But that was my that's that was my fondest memory of you asking my sister why you were built like that because I could just ask my <laughs> sister like, so uh, what she do for a living? But yeah, so. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. Definitely 20 years, United States Air Force. Mm. And then, you know, my parents, you know, they fed me well. So. Right, three meals, <laughs> hey. Three meals a day will do that to you, so. Yeah, all natural. Because oh. you know, I ain't a lot of natural out here. It's not, but I'm proud to say I am one of them. There's nothing artificial in my body. Hey, I just learned about BBL about two months ago, so I'm learning new things. You like women? You like women? I mean, does it matter? Do you have a preference? It doesn't matter in the sense of if I like you, I like you. But if I can pick, you know, if I can pick out a, a prototype of what I want, I would prefer natural. But I'm not going to, you know, scold some woman for what she wanted to do to make herself feel good. Like, who am I? That's your body. Okay, I like that answer. That's yeah. dope. Yeah. You know, you hear a lot of men who are very opinionated about a woman's body, and it's like, well, bruh, you don't know what we go through on a daily basis. So although I'm natural, eventually I'm going to have some work done, but it's going to be to take some stuff out. You know, it's really? not going to do anything again. Yeah. Mm, mm. yeah. I, I know a friend who wants to have uh, breast implants, and her thing is, I just want to feel better about myself. And I remember us having conversations about it. I said, thinking in my head, like, you crazy. Why do you need that? And I had to tell myself, like, who cares what I think? That's what she thinks she needs. That's what right. she wants. So, right. yeah, that was my first experience with learning about how women view themselves, you know. Mm -hmm. but, so what did you do? Because I left Springfield, I think, 2010, 2011. So what did you do when you left Springfield? When I left Springfield, I went to Turkey, to the country mm. Turkey. Mm. Um, I got stationed. I was only stationed in Springfield for, or in Dayton is where I was stationed, but I, the church, Greater Grace Temple, where we went was in Springfield. Um, so I was there for six years and then I got stationed in Turkey for almost two years. So uh -huh. after I left there, I never came back to Ohio and don't plan on it. But, you know, God has the final say. But, yeah, so I went to Turkey. I went overseas. Wow. I mean, so I don't really know much about Turkey. 
like there's a lot of countries I know like common sense stuff about, but I don't know anything about Turkey. So in a just from your perspective, how would you describe Turkey to someone who doesn't know anything about Turkey? So um, Turkey is very Mediterranean. Um, okay. Their religion is um, kind of centered around the Islamic faith. So there are a lot of women, um, very traditional in Turkey. So you see a lot of women still covered completely from their head to their toe. Mm. Um, their men are, of course, the head, but women are considered um, not first-class citizens. Um, so I had a problem with that. But, you know, we're there to serve. So it's not really our position or our place right. to say, hey, power to the people, women's rights. Um, but, yeah, so a lot of times if you walk downtown because they are so traditional, and let's say I had on this shirt. This shirt is kind of short sleeve. You know, I have a little bit, not too much cleavage showing. Um, but they would probably probably prefer me to be covered. Now, they would respect me because I have on a hat and I don't have on shorts or a skirt or anything like that. So they're very traditional in their ways um, and very centered around the Islamic faith. Sometimes you will go to beaches there and the women would have on their full, forgive me, I don't remember the name of it, but mm -hmm. they would be completely covered in the ocean right? Having a play date with their kids. And um, I can recall looking and just saying, that's absolutely ridiculous. You know, how does a man who just has on some swim trucks and no shirt, right? how is he comfortable with his wife being in that ocean? If she gets swept away, she's going to be weighed down by what she's wearing. And that's very symbolic of life, you know, in that culture when they're not first class citizens. Um, so yeah, so very diverse, very beautiful. Um, very close to Iran and Syria. So mm -hmm. there were a lot of conflicts. A lot of times we had to be locked down on the base and could not go anywhere just in case a conflict arose. Right. Um, but it was very centralized. So you could travel to anywhere. So I traveled to Belgium, to Greece. Um, I went all over Turkey. I went to, you know, I was in Adana. I went to Istanbul and Izmir and you name it. So um, I really enjoyed my time there. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. I never knew that that's where you went. I just always assumed you went straight to Vegas. That see, yeah. see how my mind works because I don't I didn't know the depths of you being in the service and whatnot. So that was just oh she went to Springfield she went to Vegas. That's what I always thought. So when so when did you end up in Vegas? How long like right after Turkey or? No, um, after Turkey I got stationed in Charleston, South Carolina. Oh okay, I do remember that. Yeah okay. Yeah, and I was there for three years, almost four. And then I went to Vegas and Vegas was my last duty station before I retired from the military. Okay. So you've been a lot of places. I don't know the exact number, but do you have a favorite country or city or state that you like? My favorite country by far is Africa, the motherland. Okay. Um, when I'm there, I feel like my soul is rooted and it feels at home when I'm there. Africa is amazing. Um, and then when I'm away from it, I have a longing to be back there. Um, so I actually had tickets to go back to Africa. I was going to Cape Town and Johannesburg on this trip um, in March. And that's when the pandemic kicked ah. off. Um, so I got all my little money back. It's about $2,500. <laughs> and uh, it was going to be like an 11-day trip to Africa. So I was a little salty about that. But all is well, and I'll still be able to go one day. Uh, I've never been to Africa. I think Canada, Puerto Rico, that's that's it. You know, Puerto Rico's a U.S. territory, so I really ain't been too far out the country. 
What's stopping you? Nothing. Well, before I used to just always feel like it was so much I haven't seen in the States that why am I rushing overseas? But over the last two years of me traveling to go on places, I'm like, that mindset is gone for me. Like, I just, wherever I want to go, I want to go. Like, I really want to see Spain. I would love to go to Africa. You know, I would love to go over and see France and things like that. I want to see Egypt. I'll, I just, I have to plan it. My thing is, I'll say I want to go, and then I'll let something interrupt that mind, my mindset about it, and I'll do that. And I'm not doing that no more. Like, I know the pandemic is crazy, but I'm going to do some traveling this year. I'm just going to go. I'm going to be masked up. I'm going to stay six feet. I'm going to go find some place that got good baked goods and good chicken, and I'm going to go. I'm going to live. <laughs> I'm gonna live this year. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be oh, out there. Yeah. yeah. There's so much of the world that is so amazing, and that's why I stay traveling. Even during the pandemic, I've traveled, um, and like you said, I've masked up. And actually, I feel as though because <clears throat> I traveled a lot before the pandemic, I feel like it's safer now to travel, just because airlines are cleaner, airplanes <clears throat> are cleaner, people are actually wearing masks as opposed to not before. They're sanitizing things. And I travel typically, I try to travel early, early in the morning before the airports get packed and or late at night. Um, so I still been traveling. I stopped for a while when, you know, for probably about six months from March to September, I stopped traveling. And then I started back and my first trip was to Mexico. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I've traveled, I've traveled. I think you should do it. There's so much of the world. I mean, it's so amazing. Yeah, when I was in San Juan, I was like, man, I've never seen nothing beautiful like this. Like we were, me and my cousin Phil went, and uh, I remember we were standing on top of this castle, and all I saw was blue water. Oh. And you can see through it, and I said, this is unreal for me. Green grass, blue water, beautiful blue skies, you know, buildings and city, traffic. Like, you don't really get to see that here in the States unless you're just on top of some building. But even still, it's not going to look like that. Mm-hmm. It's not going to have that fresh oh, this is, this is kind of how the, the way God intended the world to look type of feel. And I was like, man, this is crazy. So 2021, I'm going to get out here in these COVID streets. But also, I want to touch on that because my first thought about traveling when the pandemic, I was like, oh, no, this is crazy. We're going to be stuck on planes together. But when you just said everything is much cleaner, I just laughed to myself because people will tell you or airlines will come to you that we don't have the time to do it. And now you can't no choice but the to do these things and you have to do them, you know, back to back consecutively. You have to do them on time and you have no excuses for them. So like, well, if we ever go back to normal, some of these things have to be kept in place. Like, yeah. I'm okay with standing six feet apart from people. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with you taking time to clean something before I get into it. Like, that's something that I think they need to keep and they need to implement. But we'll see what Biden has planned when he gets in there. For things of yes, that nature. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm going to be a little invasive because, once again, you are my sister's friend. So I don't talk mm-hmm. to you enough. And you and I don't know much about each other's personal life. But it seems like talking to my sister means you have some things in common. I'm not going to tell you what they are. I'm going to just see <laughs> my question. So you said you just got a divorce mm-hmm. and you two haven't talked in two years and you're living in Miami. So first thing first, your mental from being divorced, because this is your first time ever being married and divorced, correct? Correct. So how is your mentality, like your outlook on men and dating and just how you feel as a woman yourself? Like, because me, I, I'm in therapy. 
So I know how I feel mentally and I'm always good, but I couldn't imagine pandemic, a divorce and being by myself. So how did you get to a point to where mentally you were able to function the way you want to function and then maybe even possibly think about dating? So um, I'm in a good space right now. Um, I feel like my ending was a new beginning and I know that's so cliche, but it was. And for me, the legal process is what held up the divorce. So I kind of had a chance to process the the death of the marriage in those two years of separation already. So really in July, it was just a matter of paperwork. Um, My perspective on dating, I am so much more um, stringent or I am so much more not set in my ways, but I have standards now that I will not budge from. And so because of those standards, because of what I endured in my marriage, not saying I don't want to bash him or badmouth him, but because of, you know, some of the things that happened in my marriage, I know what I won't settle for next go round, if that Uh, makes sense. So I can talk to a man, I can go on a date and talk to him one time, have one date with him or one conversation that is a red flag for me and I won't date him anymore. And I can walk away without looking back, without feeling any remorse, any guilt. I can just say, you know what, this isn't going to serve my elevation. This is not going to help me grow. Um, This situation is just not for me. Peace. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot easier kind of to walk away from things. So I'm still open-minded. I believe this is a new beginning for me. Um, And I'm just vibing. You know, I'm not really looking for anything. Like, I'm just on this. I'm not on this, you know, girl power type deal. I'm just chilling. You know, what comes my way will come my way. Right. So... I like your answer. That was a great answer. That's someone who has understanding and definitely thought about it. That's not someone who's just, I guess things are happening for me. So my thing, I'm 36 now. My thing is I've been in love once as an adult. I've dated enough women. I've been a shitty man to women before. So, and my growth was atonement. And once I started atoning for things, I started having a realization for who I want to be as a person, who I want women to see me as. Mm-hmm. And and my thing is, you can have a list of 20 things, you can have a list of 10 things, mm-hmm. but whatever your list is, that's your list. Yeah. And that's what you got to be very, mm-hmm. you almost got to be stingy and selfish about it. Like you have right. to just not settle. And I tried this past summer to be with a woman and she lied. And then I just stopped talking to her. I never spoke to her again. And I'm like, I'm not doing this. I'm quit. I'm done trying to date and be honest with women. Like if I meet somebody and we vibe and it's good, the energy right, that's lovely. But I'm no longer putting out, putting myself out there to yeah. have someone lie to me again. Like I don't have time for that. You're not about to ruin my happy place, my bubble, my my center, just because you don't know how to be honest or you don't want to tell me what you want from Jump Street. So did she? I, so in what manner did she lie? If that's not too invasive, like oh, processed <laughs> it or did she? Was there a reason she felt like she had to lie? Like, break that down for me. So this is my podcast. I like talking about me. Oh, sorry. (laughs) So I was talking to this woman, and I remember when we first met, she said, I want to wait 90 days before we decide if we want to be in a relationship. Cool. I want to go be in a relationship with you tomorrow anyway. So the first 30 days, you know, things are always good. You know, people, as my one friend Norm told me, you always meet someone's representative when you first meet them, and then they real self world come out. So... After, you know, before the first time we had sex, she had, we was watching something on Netflix 
and she goes, what was the show called? The floor is Lava, and the grand prize was $10,000, and she goes, oh, oh I love I, that show. I, I <laughs> show was so stupid, <laughs> but she goes, I want to tell you something, so I'm about to, I'm thinking she's about to tell me she auditioned for the show. She's like, yeah, so I married this African man for $10,000, so I had to think about it for a second, like, well, you is in my bedroom. I know I'm about to get some tonight. I gotta, I gotta make sure I say the right things. Like it wasn't a red flag, but it was alarming. Like, who am I to tell you what you can't do with your life before you even met me? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I asked her the necessary questions. Or do y'all still keep in touch? What's going on? And she was like, we just the pandemic slowed down, so we didn't get to do the whole testing with the um, I forget the name of that company is, but so I was like, all right, cool, that's what you want to do. Who I can't say anything to, you already did it. Right. So, but but that that I never forgot that. Like that was yeah. in my head. Like, yeah, right. How are you feeling? But I talked to my uh my sister about it, I talked to a couple of my homies about it. So I moved on. So let's go another 30 days. So I met her in May and we stopped talking in August. So let's go from 60 days in. 60 days in, you know, she's telling me she like where we at. She she really see herself with me and stuff like that. And so one day uh, we picked my homie up while she was in the car. And right as I get to introduce her, she's like, oh, hi, my name is such and such's girlfriend. I looked at her, but I was driving. So, but I'm like, all right, but I ain't gonna say nothing. That's how you feel. That's how you feel. You know what I'm saying? So maybe my birthday came uh, July 20th and everything was cool. Like she just, she was feeling me whatnot. And so one day I go over to her house after work and, uh, we laying in her bed and she goes, I need to tell you something. She's like, well, I wrote it down. So I think like, you know, she just feeling some way. She's just going to express herself to me. She goes, so I'm unhappy. Unhappy? She's like, yeah, I just, I don't like when you go to the store and you don't ask me if I need something. Or when we go out, you don't offer to buy my kids anything. I just, you know, you said, I had asked you if we ever lived together. Is that something you wanted? And you said, no. And I just feel some type of way about it. And I just feel like you don't care about my needs. And like, so I'm just listening to it, but I'm processing that at the same time because I'm not going to just listen. And I press on processing it. And I'm thinking in my head, like, this bitch looking for a sugar daddy. Like, you could have just told me that's what you wanted from Jump Street. Like, who am I to tell you, you know, you need somebody to take care of you and your kids? So she just talking. And so I got up and I went to the bathroom. When I'm in the bathroom, I'm using the bathroom. I'm like, I'm about to bounce. Like, I'm no, like, you lie. Like, you've been lying to me this whole time, hoping that what you really wanted, I was just going to stumble into. So I came back and I said to her, you know, I don't have no relationship with your kids. So why would I think about feeding your kids? And your kids are 16 and 14. Like, that's yeah. your job. That's your job. Why would I take you out and then ask you to buy something for your kids? Like, if your kids are hungry and you say to me, hey, can you buy my kids some food? Sure, but every time we go out, I'm never going to think about your kids because they're not my kids. You Ooh. think about your kids first. Like, I'm not telling her this, but I'm saying, like, I don't have any relationship with your kids. Right, so, right. So I'm like, and the best thing about me is when I make a decision, I stand on it. And I said, I'm going to leave. And I left the house and I never talked to her again. Like, because, wow. because at that point, like, not only did you lie to me, but you tried to make me feel bad for not doing something you wanted me to do. That's not my job to do. That's not how that works. You wow. can't, I can't meet you and then, hey, let me be friends with your kids. I barely know you. I have to learn you. 
you and I have to be at a good place before I can try to be at a good place with your kids. Can I be nice and courteous when I meet your yeah. kids? Sure. You know, one of her daughters, we were kind of cool because she came to our 4th of July barbecue and she had lost cards to me. I said, let's bet $5. I'm not going to take your daughter's money. So I used to always say, what's up, five? How you doing, five? But even still, that was only if I saw her. So, yeah. you know, then she would text me things like, oh, I still think we could be great together and stuff like but that's not what you were saying. You were trying to tell me that I wasn't doing enough and you were unhappy when you were telling me physically you was happy and you like where we was going. So I was like, man, I'm not doing this no more. I'm not going to be honest. Did you ever respond back to any of the text messages though? No, for what? Like, I think like she had premeditated, not premeditated, but she had thought out exactly what she was going to say in that moment to me and catch me off guard. So like, so you saying you think we can still be good together. That's what you should have said when you were telling me all those things you wrote down. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? She was saying, she said other things like, so if we broke, well, if we stopped talking, will we still be friends? And I'm thinking like, it's not like your mind made up. Like either you get what you want or I got to go. So, yeah. so what, who am I to say to you? You're right. We can still be good together. No, like you, your mind is made up. I'm not about to come back and then right. conti continue not to do those things. Like then I'm playing you and I'm lying to myself. So I just moved on from it. Wow. Well, congratulations for standing up for you. You know, yeah. what I'm some men will be or some people, not just men, will be so desperate to be in a relationship. Sometimes we, we are so desperate to be in a relationship or we long for that companionship so much that we settle. And then next time we go to the store, it's like, okay, what do you and your son or your daughter want? Or your son, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, so congratulations for standing up for you. I applaud that. Yeah, yeah. I think like, my thing is when I meet women, I tell women always the same thing. I want someone who was honest and genuine want to spend time with me and I'll take care of the rest. Because I used to think like, oh, I need a, a driven woman, someone who could cook, someone who's fun. Look, I'm fun. I have personality. I'm random. I'm spontaneous. If you don't mm -hmm. like to cook, I don't feed myself. You're going to mm -hmm. just, you know, if I cook, either you're going to like it or not, or I'll learn what you like and I'll cook for you. I don't need you to do that for me because I can do it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, so I can take care of all of those other things. I like to hike. I like to wake up on a Saturday and go to a random bakery 30 miles out and drive back. Like, that's the type of person I'm in. So I can bring that. And you can make the decision. That's something you want to be involved in. If you're not, I know we're not going to work out. Right. But if you're honest and you genuinely want to spend time with me, I think me and a woman would be fine. Any anything that occur like bumps is on the road, that's part of life. Like, but I don't I'm not dealing with no liars and don't nobody who have time for me. I tried that. I tried that. I used to talk to a woman who every day, but she only saw me every two weeks. Like, I'm not doing this. Like she she would never make time for me, but she would make time for everything else and then blame me for it. So Wow. Yeah, I keep meeting these women who give me things that I want, but they don't have every, they don't have nothing else outside of that. Like, I can care less if you want to have sex, but can you have meaningful conversation with me? Because I like to talk, obviously. So what are we mm. going to talk about every day? So it's just, that's my thing. Like right now I'm at a point where like, I ain't talking to no, well, I am talking to one woman, but I'm not, I'm not doing anything outside of my comfort zone for someone mm. that's not genuine. It's just not gonna work. I respect that. That's my respect. You gotta know what you want and you gotta stand on that, you know? Yeah, yeah. So what does Tiffany want? Like if you are talking to a man or dating man, what is something that you desire a must or you decide that's a must need? Like this has to happen. 
So I need someone to bring something comparable to the table um, because like I am who I am, <clears throat> you know, I'm established. I have, you know, all the stuff that makes, you know, it easy to mark off the check boxes. Oh, she's established. She loves God. She does community service, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. That's just like the bare minimum for me. Um, we don't have to have the same finances per se, but you need to be striving toward it. You know, I'm not about to pay your bills or anything like that. We don't need to have the same educational level, but we need to be able to have intellectual conversation. Um, We don't need to have the same diverse background and travel, but I need you to be willing to go on some trips with me when I'm ready to go to be my companion. Um, So right now, I think I'm looking for some of the similar things that you said, like honesty, transparency, I like genuineness. Um, I like spontaneity. Uh, I just like a vibe. And I think chemistry is irreplaceable, right? So like either you click with somebody or you don't. And so for me, it's got to be a vibe. Like I got to feel you. I got to feel I'm an empath. So I feel energy. And sometimes I take that energy on. And Mm -hmm. so if I'm with you, I'm not forcing anything in 2021. I'm not forcing any situation. So either I feel it or I don't. So yeah, so I'm just vibing, you know. Vibe is everything. Like uh, I actually just have a conversation with one of my married friends about it because his wife makes almost like five or six times more money than he does. And he loves it. He's like, look, I'm okay. I make the money I make. She makes the money she makes. And it doesn't bother me. I'm not one of them insecure men. I'm like, listen, let me find me a woman who makes 10 times more money than me. I'm cool with that. She, she, she can be the breadwinner. I'm still the man of the house. You know, she just make more right. money than okay. me. Ain't nothing okay. wrong with okay. that. I'm still going to take the trash out. I'm still going to open doors. You know what I'm saying? Right. I'm still going to fix she things. Did. But when we go, when we buy furniture, we spend our money. She got the money for it. You know what I'm saying? Let's go ahead and get these bunk beds. Get these steel bunk beds. I wouldn't expect any less. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't expect any less. But right. um, I just, like I said, I'm not you know, paying anybody's bills when we go out. I often ask to go Dutch. And a lot of times, you know, I say probably about 90, 95% of the times I'm told no, I'll, I'll have, I'll handle it. When I ask to go Dutch or when I ask to pay for the meal, um, they'll be like, nah, I got it, which I respect, you know, but um, as long as you can do your part, then I'm good, you know? So let me tell you a trick I use. Like my one friend, when me and her were talking, she would, uh, we would go out. She'd be like, no, I got it. I'm like, oh, you know, they say don't leave home without it. And I start patting myself after like I left my wallet at home. Like, I got it. But no, I listen, I don't know why people have a problem with that. So what she wants to pay. That means nothing. Like, I, you know, men think if a woman pays, they're not going to get no box from. That's what they think. Oh, like, is woman, that what it is? Some men think it's a less than thing. Like, well, she pays. She going to feel like she's in control. Listen, if she want to pay, that had nothing to do with her having a good time or how she feels about it. She just wants Ooh. to spend her money. Because some women think like, you're not going to think if you pay for it, I'm entitled to give you something. That's interesting. You know, I don't even think about the box, as you call it. <laughs> I don't even think about the box when it comes down to that. Um, okay. Yeah, it's just a matter of, like, if I went on several dates with a man, and he's paid for everyone, let me offer, you know, to let him know, like, he doesn't have to expect to pay for every single meal. Right. Or sometimes, too, it's, um, I'm capable. You know, I need you to know I'm capable. And I'm not a gold digger or anything of the store because I have my own. So 
I don't even think about the box when, but but I'm gonna start thinking about that yeah. when I offer to pay. Yeah. So okay, you know the game is to be sold, not told. But I'm gonna give you some games. <laughs> give me some games. <laughs> so here's a couple of tips to know if a man is thinking like if the money is tied into the box. So if you're having a conversation and you're talking and you're vibing. And uh, you say, you know, I don't mind paying. And the guy go, if his first response is, oh, that's cool. What he really thinking is, does that mean you're not going to give me something? Now, <laughs> if you, now, if you out and the check comes and he doesn't grab it right away, he try, he try, you know, he trying to see if you're going to pay for it. Mm. He trying to see if you're going to pay for it. Because, you know, most of the time a waiter will put the check. If it's a man and one, they put the check by the man. Yeah. But now, nowadays, because so many people different you know they pay they'll put it in the middle they do so, yeah yeah and most importantly this is my favorite one if you're out with someone or even if you're not out if you are if you're planning to get something to eat and a person goes all right well you get it and i'll get what i want pay attention to wow. that you get it and then i'll get what i want not let me know what you want let's order together you get what you want and i'll get what i want Pay attention to that, y'all get to see. Oh, yeah, you just put me up on game because I'm going out tonight, so I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna play close attention to when the check comes. I'm gonna play yeah. close. Attention. Matter of yeah. fact, I'm gonna just sit there and just. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you gotta pay attention to these things like that. So, the name of my podcast is Conversation with a Cancer, and I'm learning that trying to learn what a cancer is because women tell me I'm such a cancer. And I think I'm getting a pretty good idea. But in your perspective, have you dealt with any cancer men? If you haven't, do you have any cancer friends that are women that you have dealt with? So in preparation for your podcast, you know, I was like, I haven't dated a a cancer man. You know, I'm not really into the zodiac signs. So I just know birthdays, but I don't know signs. Right. And so in preparation, I'm looking, I'm looking, what is a cancer man? What is, (laughs) and I realized one of my most intense relationships was with a cancer. Okay. So I was blown away, like, oh my goodness, how timely is this? So yes, I have dealt with a cancer man, yes. Mm. And so when you say intense, what do you mean? Like, it was a passionate thing? Like, we had heated exchange? Like, what? describe what you consider intense. So what I consider intense is, I mean, the conversation was on point. Mm-hmm. The the spirituality was on point. The chemistry was just undeniable. The sex was probably some of the best sex I've ever had in my life. Um, his head game was crazy. Okay. Um, so it was just intense, like all the way around the things we love to do when we're together. I think sometimes um, there's a spark between two people that kind mm-hmm. of occurs like naturally. And it was with the cancer man for me. Mm, mm, shout out to us. So I absolutely don't give a damn about the Zodiac, but I got tired of hearing it because I read it before and I was younger and some of my friends are cancer. So I just knew little stuff. But what I'm learning is I, I think I am this cancer person women describe me as. And mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out, is that an intentional thing or that just happens through emotions and situations? So that's something I'm working on. But I would like, okay. I would like to say that I don't know why people care so much about a zodiac opposed to how a person is responding to your actions or reactions, but mm-hmm. you know, people like different things. But 
So since we've just talking about this, you know, the past couple of days, um, I've been trying to learn what a soulmate is and how do you find a soulmate? Where is your soulmate? Uh, me and Rhonda talked about this. She explained to me a soulmate doesn't be necessarily mean so when you marry, it could be a sibling, it could be a friend, mm -hmm. it could be a teacher. So do you think in your life, well, let me start from the beginning. Do you know what a soulmate is and what is a soulmate to you? So I do believe that I have encountered a soulmate. Okay. Um, I've always heard that there are soulmates and life partners. Like your soulmate mm. doesn't have to be the one that you'll marry mm. or entertain a relationship with. But your soulmate is the one who's like your soul is intrinsically connected to. But then your life partner is someone who you would typically live your life out with, that you're that companion. But sometimes the interactions between a soulmate is so dynamic and so uh, intense that you guys have to go your separate ways in life or it might not be created to be in a relationship per se, which kind of goes along with, with what Rhonda is saying, like a soulmate can be your best friend or your counselor or your teacher or your mentor, um, you know, someone like that. So that's what I've always heard, but I do feel like I encountered my soulmate he passed on now. Um, but this man, I think if I were a puzzle piece, he was every conjoining puzzle piece that wow. surrounded me. He really was everything I think that I ever thought that I would be with in life. Mm. And so once he passed on, I kind of believe now that um, you can have many life partners and, and life companions. But if there is a such thing as one soulmate, I feel like I met mine and he's now passed on. Wow. Okay. So that's interesting because the, the whole point of me learning about this, uh, the woman I'm currently talking to, she we were talking about past relationships and love. And she was like, yeah, because you can have two soulmates. And I was just blown, blown away by that because in my mind, I've been preordained, brought up in the church that God put one person on this earth for you, but you can fall in love as many times you want. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, multiple soulmates how do you even know if you had a soulmate but you know that so do you believe that you can have multiple soulmates i believe you can have multiple life partners okay i believe that your soul will connect with many people but after he passed away i questioned all of that because i'm like there's no way that if there was only one person for me that god would take him away and leave me on the earth and expect me not to have another companion Mm -hmm. So because I did believe that you can only have one soulmate, but if I kind of rely on the analogy of soulmates and life partners, life companions, um, I feel like you can have many life companions. Um, so I don't know that you can have multiple soulmates. I feel mm -hmm. like people are seasonal. So Ooh. in one aspect, like your sister for me, Rhonda, um, Rhonda is a soulmate for me of sorts. Um, she's been there through so many seasons of my life. I love her like to infinity and beyond. So Rhonda might be a, like a soulmate for her, but in seasons we're closer and some seasons we're not as close. You know, like if I'm moving, we're not talking as much. If I'm stationary, then we're talking a lot more. Um, so I believe you can have many life partners. That's right. what I believe. Okay. So I also believe you can have one soulmate and you can, cause you know, if you, if you only have one soulmate, you get married and that soulmate passes away, you still got to find love and be with someone else. So exactly. that's My how I think about it. it. Yeah. So yeah. 
my thing is, I think my best friend Candace is my soulmate, but I'm not sure because I'm still learning. But when I think about things like the little stuff about soulmates, like inseparable or knows how you feel, can tell, can almost finish a sentence, have similar interests, you like complete you. I think about that, about my best friend Candace, because we've been through so much. We've known each other 17 years and wow. you know, I've been there for her trials and tribulations. She's been there for mine. And so I'm pretty sure she's probably it, but I'm still doing more research to understand that. But that's that's crazy that I'm 36 and I'm just now finding out what a soulmate is like. You don't. But I think it's okay if we normalize finding love in our late 30s and late yeah. 40s and figuring it out, you know, I don't know where the notion that we had to find love early on and create a family unit early on, um, where that came from. Because if we're being honest with ourselves, when we graduate high school and like go to college after college, we're not really ready. Very few people are financially stable, emotionally stable. Very few people know themselves at that age, period. So, I mean, I think that it's kind of cool that now this is a generation that's normalizing, okay, finding love, you know, in the middle phases of life. Because I don't want to say later, but like, I think it's okay to normalize finding love late in your 30s. Because that's when you're really like getting to know yourself. Like, okay, mm -hmm. this is what I like. This is what I don't like. This is what I'm going to deal with. This is what I'm, you know, these are my deal breakers. These are my compromises. Um, so, I think, you know, being your age and figuring it out is awesome. Yeah, so... For me, I, I tell this to people all the time. When I grew up, I've never seen a man love my mother or even treat her right. And I'm not saying men did my mother wrong or nothing like that. But my mother, if she was dealing with a man, she didn't bring that in front of us. So I never got to see love until I got older, being around friends and following each other. So for me, when I think of love, I don't think of it as an age. But I also do think the church is enough that kind of provides that idea mm -hmm. like you should get married yeah. you shouldn't have, you know you know how it is about the set now yeah, i agree yeah. with the whole whole not having sex thing because if you think about it you would live your life more if people went out here having sex and having babies you would just be out here just living life doing whatever your heart desires but you mm -hmm. get you get trapped in that that quicksand that box and you just <laughs> you start forgetting about things and that woman started whispering in your ear what you want on your turkey sandwich. She's like, mustard. So, no. You and me, the analogies for the vagina, the quicksand, the box. I yeah. love all of them. Please, yeah. more, more. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't like to say pussy and vagina. Like, it's not, I don't think they're bad words. I just like to use other words. So, that's I like your word. Yeah, so, yeah, I tell women all the time, I'm like, can I get some box? They're like, what's that box? I'm like, <laughs> she's going to deliver that box, like UPS or an all. Like, but. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so I just think about love and when it happens. My father told me this early on. I laughed it off. But now I'm older, I'm saying, it's like, you can get married when you're 60. Like, marriage shouldn't be the end all to your happiness. Like, yeah. your happiness should come from yourself and it should come from being with someone. If I meet yeah. someone... Like, I tell people all the time, I know how to be a man, meet a girl, date her, get in a relationship, but I don't know how to marry you. I don't know the steps to take to marry you. I don't mm. know what it feels like to want to marry a woman. I was in a relationship for three years living with a woman, but I never felt like I wanted to marry her. I just thought we was just going to always be together. So I don't mm. know how I don't know how to get to that stage, but I'm more open and willingly willing to learn now. Like, how mm. does that happen? Like, is it a love thing? Like, I love you. I don't want to see you with nobody else. Or is it just... You know what? I've been doing this a long time with you, and I think that's the necessary step. So when that happens for me, I'm I'm looking forward to if it happens to me, how that makes me feel. 
Okay. I hope it, I hope I'm around to see that because that that's gonna be interesting for me because you're a character. <laughs> <laughs> I like going to weddings. I'm not sure I want a wedding, but like I said, I'm open to the idea. If it happens, it will happen for me. But it will. yeah, so that's just where I'm at. But so earlier you had said you retired from the service. Like, so with things that are going on in the world and the pandemic, have you ever thought like maybe it's something I need to be doing? Maybe I should think about, you know, getting back in because you can always be reactivated, can't you? Like if a necessity is needed. Yeah, so if dire extremes happen, then they can reactivate us, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. um, but I can't foresee that like ever happening in life, in the history <laughs> of ever. I don't think that's ever happened. Um, uh, no, I don't have, there's nothing in my body, in my mind, in my heart that says go back and serve. Um, I served my 20 years so that I can be uh, established and taken care of for the rest of my life. Um, and now, I always like to say, I like to tell my students, because I teach aerospace science, but I tell my students, I did what I had to do, so now that I can do, I can do what I want to do, which is work with youth, teach, mentor, coach. Um, so that's what I like to tell um, anybody who really I encounter when they say, do you miss it? Do you love it? I don't miss it. I The only thing I truly miss from military is getting like a lot of free stuff. Like you get free luggage on all the flights. And, you know, I love to travel. <laughs> so I don't get the free baggage. Um, a lot of people will say I miss the people. But really, if those people are meant to be in your life and you had a close enough relationship with them, they'll be your relationships will sustain outside of the military. Absolutely. Um, so I don't miss it. I'm thankful that I retired when I did. Um yeah, I haven't looked back. It's been such a blessing. Like I appreciated it and I savored the moments while I was there. Mm -hmm. But now that I am a retiree from the Air Force, I don't look back. There's nothing mm -hmm. in me that my focus now is working on the youth and kind of helping to grow this generation because they're going to be our future leaders. That's so important to me. And I tell my students, you know, you're going to take care of me one day. So I have to plant these seeds, I have to kind of till the land and cultivate the land right now, which is the student, mm -hmm. so that when I get old and I can't take care of myself, these kids are going to be the ones that take care of me. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I haven't looked back. Mm. So do do you do you think teaching right now during the pandemic is easier for you or is it, diff or is it difficult? Gosh, that's such a challenge. So... <laughs> My curriculum is a little bit different than like a normal teacher's because they just teach a subject, let's say math mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. history or social studies, um, language. I teach aerospace science, but I work in junior ROTC. So we're teaching drill. We're teaching military. Oh. Things as well. So our so it's kind of challenging for our program not being able to be completely hands on. So mm -hmm. virtually when we went to virtual school, Initially, I was like, oh, my God, I hate it. I can't do it Cause because the kids be online. They be like, I'm asleep. They be right. in their pajamas. Their parents be walking in the back. They be talking to people. So you really have to. That's where you get to see if your teaching is subpar or if it's a heightened level of teaching. Right. Um, so initially, like the first couple of weeks, I was nervous. I was like, OK, I'm going to see how good of a teacher I am. But right. man. Baby, I know that this is my purpose because I enjoy my classes and my students enjoy my classes. 
online. So then we went back to school and out of, we have about a thousand kids at our school and about 250 are on campus and about 750 are all still virtual. Um, so we're doing a dual modality, which is teaching like both online and in class. Um, mm-hmm. So it's been challenging. Another thing that has been challenging is my kids stay up under me, you know, like I believe that they feel the love I have for them. And a lot of them, since I work at an inner city school, really come from broken homes sometimes. And so they don't, I'm very affectionate. I I love my kids, you know, like a mother hen um, or an auntie or a big sister. And so I I feel like they feel that love and they're always up under me. So I'm always having to say, sit down, go to your seat, social distance, six feet. Um, So that part is challenging, but... um, yeah, and our school is inner city, so it hasn't been sanitized completely, if I'm being right. honest. Right. Um, so there are challenges, but we're making it do what it do, you know? Mm. Well, it seems like you just, you're happy and your spirit is up and your energy's high and you're doing what you want to do with your life. And like, that's so beautiful. Like, do you know, like, I don't think a lot of people know how easy, not easy, but how much or how well your life will work when you're working like that, when you're moving like that when your vibe is good and your energy's mm-hmm. high, you're doing what you want and you're happy and you're just worried about your daily activities. Like you're just going, you're moving. Like that's, in my mind, that's the definition of a well-oiled machine. Like that's what I think about. So I'm one of the people, I tell people all the time, I do exactly what I want every day, every yeah. day, every mm-hmm. day. I know what it's like working a nine to five and being unhappy and not feeling, feeling, feeling of being uh, liked or seen and, I don't like that anymore. I don't like that anymore. I have one job that I don't care for, and that's just because I, it pays my child support. I'm just going to keep it real. And that's the only reason why I do that job, but it's an easy job. Like, I have the keys to the building. I never met my boss a day in my life, so I just go do my oh, job wow. and I leave. So for me, that's that's easy. Like, everything else I'm doing, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a statistician, so I work with sports. You know what I'm saying? And I'm doing podcasts. I'm trying to get back into paid writing. So, like, I don't have that, that thought process of, <sighs> I gotta get up in the morning right. and be unhappy. Like yeah. I work, I work out five days a week. Like I just, I'm striving for excellency. I'm trying to make history. So I don't have the that, them yeah. bad vibes, them tired feelings. I'm just, I go, I, I go. Yeah, that's yeah. life. That's life yeah. right there. Yeah, that's, that's life. A- I think we're so conditioned to believe you gotta work, 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 and you gotta know. And I tell people like some of my friends who are in the military. Some, because it's, the military is a career. Mm. And so some of them are staying like past 20 years because 20 years is when you get retirement paid, you know, monthly. Some of them are staying and I'm like, do you love it? I'm like, because all the stress and the turmoil and the um, things that come and a lot of good things come out of the military. I'm like, do you love it? Because when you're doing what you want to do, when you're pursuing your purpose and your passion versus what you have to do to survive, or sustain yourself, it's a whole different ballgame. Completely different ballgame. Mm, mm, mm. Like, yeah, when you said I did my 20 years and I had no desire to go back, like, and I was thinking to myself, like, if she wanted to keep doing it, she wouldn't stop the 20. She would have just kept doing it. Like, you would yeah. still be doing it. Like, I can't imagine doing something for 20 years and they give you the option to retire and pay you to be, not do it anymore. You'd be like, I think I want to keep doing it. Like, yeah, a lot of people don't prepare financially. So they, mm. they have to, which it's is why a lot of people work job nine to five jobs that they don't want to be at because they're not in a financial position to 
choose otherwise. But I'm grateful, you know, I'm grateful for where I am. Yeah, I I have no desire to um do something that doesn't benefit uh, my emotions. So like yeah. sports, that that's one side of my emotion. My job for that page child sport, that's another. Me writing, that's another emotion. Like I feed off of my emotion. I embrace my emotion. Now, one thing I learned in therapy was gray areas because I have to believe there was a truth and a lie and that's it. And mm. my therapist taught me that, but there's a gray area, their truth, how they perceive it. Even if you're telling the truth, their perception of the truth it's different. And I had to learn it. And I'm like, well, I was like, that's stupid. Like, no, I, we both, <laughs> we walked in. The, right right. There. That's good. Yeah. Like I have to believe if I, if I came over to Tiffany's house and I knocked her vase over, that's how I'm going to explain it. But through her eyes was you came to the house, you was clumsy. And if you was watching where you was walking, you wouldn't hit the vase. But in right. my mind, I wouldn't see that as truth. I would just see you as just explaining for no reason, but I had to learn gray areas. And once I started giving people that opportunity to just live their truth, I just only cared about the truth and stopped worrying about my mm. truth. Mm. Yeah. Come on, somebody. Yeah, so that's something I learned. Like therapy has been great for me. And at the same time, it's been tough for me because talking to a stranger about your life so they can dissect it and tell you things that you probably wasn't ready to hear was very tough. Yeah. Like, yeah, I only thing I did, well, I won't say wrong. Only thing I didn't do was get a black therapist because sometimes when I talk to him about black issues or black mothers or black people, he just, mm. like, you know, he's just, just do it anyway. Like, you don't have to take that. Like, it's not that simple on the black. You gotta show, you gotta keep that respect. Yeah, he definitely though. doesn't get it. Yeah, you know, but he's really good at just explaining it to me about me. And it's so crazy to hear somebody who doesn't spend any time with you, but talks to you for an hour and can really help you fix things in your life. Like yeah. that's, that's amazing for me. They peel uh, back those layers. Oh, right? onions, 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 onions. That's how they do it. So I do want to talk to you about one more thing. So okay. we are in 2021. We are, you're basically family because my mom loves you. So if my mom loves you, my sister loves you. And I love you. It's <laughs> your family. You so I really, 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 really am going to come to Miami oh, yeah. this year. I'm going to come to Miami this year. <laughs> but I'm, I'm nervous because I have been told so many things about Miami. Like it's expensive and it's fast paced and everybody is in these clubs and it costs $100 to get in. Tell me what you how a visitor is supposed to experience Miami like because you've been there for a little bit so how would you how would you what would you think would be best for me if I came down there so you got to do the touristy things first right you have to go to South Beach just to right. say I've been to South Beach right you have to like spend some time on South Beach because you can't go to every club or every lounge well it's in the middle of a pandemic so let's just say Post-pandemic, people are vaccinated or not, but the pandemic is no longer a pandemic. So you will go to South Beach, do the touristy things. Um, then there are some small islands that you can go to um, from the different, yeah, there's some small islands. If you want to go to the Bahamas, you could take a quick trip to the Bahamas, which is out of the country, and you talked about wanting to explore. So it's, I think maybe a three-hour boat ride, if that, maybe, what? from here. Yeah, you can do a day trip. So there are some some cruises that go to the Bahamas, spend the day there, and then come back. 
Um, so what would I take you to do? Wait a minute. So before you, before you tell me, be, before you tell me where you would take me, have you been to Little Havana? Yes. Uh, did you did you smoke the cigars when you were over there? I did smoke, but I didn't have one of my own, so I just smoked some of somebody else's. Okay. All right. So, so where I would take you to the cultured parts, Little Haiti, Little Havana. Ooh. I would take you to all the cultured parts so you can like get the gist of it. I would take you to some little corner restaurants, mom and pop restaurants. Because mm. since I've been here, I've gained probably 10, 15 pounds because the food is so good. It's uh, like, it's way different from Vegas food. Vegas food is just like, here's the recipe, make it. Miami food, because there, it's a melting pot of cultures. You got Cubans, you got Haitians, you got Jamaicans, all Mexicans, Hispanics. Um, like the food is very rich and seasoning and spicy and flavor and so much, it's so good. Um, mm. So I'll take you to some mom and pop spots. Mm. I'll take you to the hood of Miami so you can see like, it's real deal down here. Actually the school I work with is in, in the smack dab in the middle of the hood. Mm -hmm. um, but then I would take you to the sophisticated black urban areas. Yeah, you know, you, you can still wear your fitted. Okay. Oh, but you wear your fitted, a button up, wear okay. some nice little loafers or some hard bottoms, or you can wear some slacks and some Air Force ones or some Jordan Jordan ones. Um, and then I would vibe. You know, we go to some hookah lounges. You know, we just vibe and go to some real sophisticated black spots, so you can see kind of the highs and lows of the black culture here in Miami. Right. So. You know, like I said, I work at five days a week. So anything to have either tight shirt on or my shirt off, I'm all about that life. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah, they would love you here because, you yeah. know, here it's so superficial. They mm -hmm. got back to Miami. Everything is all about looks and aesthetics. Everything mm. is like, so they would love you here. I, yeah. I see you working. Yeah, listen, I'm going to wear a size medium so the nipples poke through. I'm going to be protruding. I'm going to be about well, that life. And have dark chocolate, they got a yes. thing for dark chocolate men down here. I don't know what it is, so. Listen, I'm 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 coming for whatever's down there. Have you ever been to finger licking? Yes, I have quite a bit. I often get their snapper there. Oh my goodness. Their snapper, and uh, I'm not a big fan of mac and cheese, but they got some good mac and cheese. And mm. their my dad loves their snapper. He came down here to visit. He wanted it every night. I'm like that. You know how many restaurants are here? Can we get something? He's like, no, I want that snapper from finger licking. I'm like, oh, okay. I've never, asked, I've never had snapper before, but I will try that since I'm there because I'm just I usually just get perch or catfish. I'm very fish bougie. Like I like certain fishes, but mm -hmm. I'll try the shrimp and the calamari and the squid and things like that. But when it comes to fish, I'm very perch catfish. I don't really like anything else. But if that if they're known for this, yeah, yeah. So I've always wanted to go, but I've never went. And then I've, I've been in Orlando at least three times, like okay. at least, but I've never been to Miami. So I'm looking forward to that. Like I said, I'm just going to travel this year. I'm going to find some place. I know one place I'm going for sure. I'm going to Colorado because I'm going to go do that thousand, uh, that hike, the elevation hike where you go up a thousand steps and then you go hike down four miles. Like that's, that's my wheelhouse. Like that's me all day. I'm looking okay. for. I'm looking forward to doing that and then somebody carrying me home because that sounds like a lot of work. But that's <laughs> it. But outside of that, I haven't planned another trip. That's the first trip I'm going to plan. 
Uh, and then I don't know. I, I really want to come to Miami, not only because you're down there, but just I've never been and I'm tired of people talking about it and I've never experienced it. Like, unless just, you know somebody, my first time coming to Miami was for my like my 35th birthday. Mm-hmm. And I, I had my girls meet me here and we got like this really nice Airbnb. And um, it wasn't what I expected. I was like, what? Mm-hmm. Like, this is Miami. But now that I live here, like mm-hmm. now that I know the spots to go to, it could be that for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, whereas right. before I'm, I came in was a tourist. We were kind of conservative, you know. You know, we didn't like live Miami, Miami. But if you want to have a blast, you know, you can definitely do that here. Mm-hmm. Just gotta be careful because fraud is high down there. They will scam Man. you down there. So listen. You didn't ask me one question, though. You didn't ask me if I would ever F with a cancer again. Oh, you know what? I was going to say that, but we started talking. I definitely thought about it. So let me let me set this question up. So you were saying that it was passionate. It was intense. And it was some of the best stuff. You said the sex was great. The head was great. I hate when women say head because there's no head down there. Y'all get in face. But we'll move past that. funny. I think I just but, started saying it last year. <laughs> so, w- not only would you mess with a cancer again, but do you think like that's something it has to be duplicated? Like it has to be like that for you to enjoy another cancer, or are you just willing to see? I'm open to whoever, whenever. Mm. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So, if another cancer comes my way and he's amazing, then what's up? Let's see. Let's get this popping. Let's see where this goes. If he's not, I think people are people. And I think Zodiac signs are another label that we strategically categorize people. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been to um, some house situation, house parties, and they're like, oh, you're a cancer, so you're a hope. Or you're a Libra, so you're stubborn. Or, And I'm like, a lot of times, oddly enough, we do fit the zodiac sign that we fall under and it's crazy it blows my mind it does it does yeah so like if i read i'm a libra so if i read about libra i'm like oh my god this is me to the t um but my reality is i'm trying to experience all that life has so if another cancer comes my way and he he makes it tingle down there then what's up? You know what I'm saying? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You gotta get there's a tingling sensation? Okay, yeah, wait yeah. a minute. Listen. <laughs> now, would I ever mess with him again? Absolutely not. Absolutely right. not. He was a right. complete um, he was a fraud, you know, on mm-hmm. so many levels. And I gave him two opportunities. What's the saying? You fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. So mm-hmm. we're at the shame on me part. So there won't be a third time with this gentleman. So I right. would never mess with that cancer again. But should a cancer enter my life, I'm going to receive him with open arms if he's the one for me. So I like your answer because I actually stopped talking to a friend who I was messing with. It was our second time messing around. And it ended up the same way with the same result and actually happened the same way. And I'm like, I must be boo the fool. Like I yeah. did it to myself again. Like, this time we didn't try to be in a relationship. She was just like, I just want us to be friends and have sex. Oh, for real? So we ain't go. And that's all we did. But she she and I bumped heads over the same type of thing. And she responded mm. in the same type of way. 
And it made me mad this time. This time I got upset. Last time I just walked away from him and didn't talk to her. And I was like, mm-hmm. that was immature. But this time I'm like, nah, hell no. Nah. Like, I can't believe this happened again. And I'm a dumbass. Like, yeah. I should have saw it coming. Like, eventually this was going yeah. to happen because it happened the first time. And I don't necessarily think you grew. I'm not saying you haven't changed, but mm-hmm. I don't think you grew in that space where if something like this happened, you're going to respond differently. Mm-hmm. So I know exactly how I feel. But I want to tell you something. And since we being open honest, you know, I can't believe me, you never had conversations like this before, because I think we could have learned from each other, which we will going forward. But yeah. So at my tender age of 36, I was talking to my oldest sister about this. I want to go to sex clubs, not even to have sex. I want to go and just see what it is. I want to see, I want to watch, and then I'm going to leave. I'm not trying to participate. Now, if I like it, I'll go back and participate. But I want to watch and I want to see. And I just want to understand, like, is this really, is this, because, you know, movie-wise, you know how they be in there. But I want to go see one and be like, is y'all really getting down like this? Is y'all really passing the mouth around like this? Is y'all really taking care of y'all just going in here with these glory holes? And, like, I really just want to let my eyes experience that, like, and I actually got invited to one this year. Like, it was crazy. Oh. I wanted to go, but I didn't want to go with the person who invited me because mm-hmm. she cared about me in a way, and I wasn't going to go there to have sex with you. Mm. And I don't want you to feel like because I'm there with you, you can't enjoy yourself. So I right. And plus, it's a pandemic. You're not about to give me no COVID coochie. I don't want no COVID coochie. Don't ah, give me no COVID. COVID coochie, another name to add to my repertoire. <laughs> you about to give me no COVID coochie. I mean, I'm like, <laughs> let's instant. <laughs> like, no, nah, I don't want none of that. So, but, you and these so, names, that's so funny to me. So, what is your knowledge on sex clubs? <laughs> so, actually, I just had this conversation about a week ago. I've, I've been. Okay. Um. Probably the most wild sex club was Hedonism 2 in Jamaica. It's a new resort. Mm. And so it's already a new resort. But then while I was there, it was a Swingers convention. So it wasn't just a, a sex club. It was like a whole convention. So, um, And it wasn't planned to be that way. My girlfriend was like, hey, one of my girlfriends is having her 30th party birthday party in Jamaica. Do you want to come? I said, yeah, paid the money. Um, I, I didn't even look into the hotel until like two weeks before. I'll never forget this. I was at work. I said, let me just check this hotel out real quick. Very particular about my hotels and where I stay. And when I opened it up, now mind you, I'm working on a base government facility and I typed it into the computer because I had no knowledge of it. And it was like hedonism too, nudist resort. And this show starts showing all these new bodies and set. And I was like, oh my God, delete, turn off, turn off, turn <laughs> off. Like, I'm like, oh God, please don't let me let this get traced. Um, right. So we went and when I got there, I was approached by a man. He had several piercings in his penis. It was oh. a Caucasian gentleman. Right. And he propositioned <laughs> me. Like as soon as, literally, as soon as I got out the van from the airport, and walked up to the counter. They welcomed you, blah, blah, blah. We walked over to the bar. This man walked up to me and he was, he had his penis out. He was nude, piercings, what's up? He like, what's up? Can we, you know, what, what you talking about? And I'm like, sheesh, I just got here. Can I have a minute to take all right. this in? Right. Um, and so I ended up saying no. But during that time, um, I did get proposition to have a threesome by um, an interracial couple. Um, 
I did have like public sex. <laughs> um, I did see like sex in the room. They would have sex with their doors open. Um, each night they would have like an entertainment section. And so like in the entertainment section, I would see people sitting on other people's faces. I would see lesbian action. I didn't see any gay action. Um, not that I was looking for it, but it was interesting. I appreciated the freeness of it all. I wasn't quite mm. as free um, and I didn't participate in the actual convention, but um, it was an experience that I would do again. Right. So here's my idea for it. As you grow up as a as a teenage person, teenage man, a male, you do things your friends are doing. You participate in things. You don't want to be left out. You know, yo, this girl get loose. She'll give you some. Oh, okay, I guess I got to go get some. So I've had those type of experiences. Even when I was in college, like, you know, you know, you did some things, you know, but I never had the mental capacity to be a part of anything like that. I was just doing it just to do it. So now that I'm older and I understand myself, my body, how to use my body in certain situations and things like that, <laughs> you know, my, how long I'm going to last in certain situations, but <laughs> I just want to see that freeness, like, because in life, there are certain things I think people need to experience based on their yeah. journey. And part of my journey now where I'm headed is that I want to see it. I don't want to own no sex club. I don't want to be a member, but I do want to see the freeness of how yeah. people are enjoying themselves. Like even if I went and I sat at the bar, I could probably have the most amazing conversation in that environment. Yeah. That person's open and free. And I think I deserve that. Yeah, you know? I think you do. That's a part of life. Right. I feel like with sex many times, you know how your parents are in a room when you're young and like a kissing scene will come on TV and they'd be like, close your eyes. And you'd be like, right. You know, <laughs> like, through your fingers or leave the room. And you'd be like, low key, like looking past the door. I feel like sex shouldn't be that. And if when God blesses me to have children, I'm going to, you know, tell them, you know, I'm not going to say go out there and be a thot or a hoe or but I'm going to explain to them how sex is supposed to work and the dynamics of sex and mm. when you should endeavor into that and when you probably shouldn't endeavor into it. But I don't think taboo should be, sex should be so taboo that we're so blinded by it when it comes, when good sex comes, we're blinded by it and our emotions take over. Wow. When bad sex comes, our emotions still take over. So I don't think sex should be a taboo subject. Yeah, I... I, I... I talked to this to my sisters and my brothers about this. We didn't get the birds and the bees talk. So yeah. how how I learned about sex? Porn. How I learned about sex? Music. My friends mm -hmm. talking about getting head or fingering a girl or mm -hmm. kissing. Like you learn those things the wrong way. And I think right. even if you taught it, you still gonna probably learn it the wrong way, but you'll be knowledge about it. Like, yeah. no, I'm not gonna do that. Like, I can't believe I'm about to tell you this. The first time a woman asked, can she lick my ass? I was like, wait a minute. You don't ask a man that. That's not, no, you don't. We might need to go sit at dinner or over some drinks and we need to <laughs> write it down on a note and pass it to me. You can't just ask me that. But I never had nobody talk to me about that. So since mm. she was already free with it, her thought process was, well, this is how I move. And I was offended. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like, we don't teach each other, teach our young early yeah. enough so as they're growing their knowledge gets better and greater yeah and then you start experiencing it the wrong way and you're like well yeah. this is the way i've been doing it so i'm gonna continue to do it so that's the whole preordained thing but i don't know like that's, that's a good topic like that's an excellent i, I i'm with you i my family 
my parents are still married, thank God. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's five girls, you know, all girls. So my parents, in their quest to be conservative and make sure their their five girls were good girls, they mm-hmm. never talked to us about sex. You know, it was so hush hush. And then what ended up happening is my sisters, as soon as they got a little bit of freedom, they got pregnant. You know what I'm saying? As soon as they, and then with me, they let me be well. Tra- I started traveling in high school and you know doing mm-hmm. different projects and youth organizations. So I was more travel, so I didn't have feel the need to have sex right away. And I was focused on sports and other things. Um, but it was so taboo and they didn't talk to us either. So literally the same way you learn, you know, my friends were telling me do this or do that, or, mm-hmm. um, like you should do this. You never tried that. Or I remember the first time a guy tried to eat me out, I was just, I felt so dirty. Like I got up and showered. <laughs> But no, you gotta let that marinate a little bit. Like enjoy the food <laughs> that comes after, sis. Like relax, sis. Like, um, but now you know I busted wide open for a G. You feel no? <laughs> I'm you just said saying. you got up and you showered. Like, what, what did you think you were washing off? Like the, the like what just happened? You know, well, you know, Ron, you we I was raised in church. Right. And the, this is another podcast. This is for real. Right. But the church, I mean, it's ingrained in you like sex is bad, sex is evil, sex mm-hmm. is fornication, you're going to hell. And, um, you know, there are some of those values that I still believe. Um, right. I do too. But um, there are some that I don't. And, and I feel like the next time I get married, I will have premarital sex because I need to know what I'm getting myself into. Um, but I just felt like I was dirty and I was ashamed before God and I was guilty. And even after mm. I repented and said, God, I'm sorry, I, please forgive me. I still felt dirty. But I think I just had this really good girl perception of myself. And I wanted the guy to think a certain way of me. Like, you know, you just tasted <laughs> one of the best pussies ever. Right. <laughs> you know, and I got up and I like showered. So there were so many things that, that was, and I was young, you know, so. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think we all feel that the first time because, you know, my first time was quick and it was, it was, it wasn't what sex is supposed to be. It was just, I did it. I got all this, all these semens in the condom and I'm like, <laughs> I know I went fast and it was just, it was experience I never forget. But at the same time, you're like, I really wish that wasn't my first time. Like yes. your first time should be special. I, I am I at the age of 36. I don't know any virgins, but if I meet one, I'm gonna tell them like you Your wait. Sister? I don't want to, I don't think of my sister like that. Her light is bright. I let her be over there. And <laughs> no, I don't I don't okay, want my I'm sorry. Cut, the, cut that part. Cut that yeah, part. Yeah, I th- I want my sister to be married before she gets the flower. But at the same time, though, I know how my sister mind works in situations like that. My sister's not gonna compromise who she is for anyone. Like right. you're not, you're right. not just going to, you're not going to get so much respect for your sister and so much admiration and love for her. I right. just admire her in so many ways. And that's one of them. Like, yeah. I wish I would have kept all my goods until I met the right one. Listen, I'm, but when she, I can't remember the sentence, Jesus, I'm going to hell. If and when my sister gets the flower, it's going to change her life because she's never, felt, she's never <laughs> felt that, that joy that comes from that. And then when she gets to the point where she knows how to make it good or when I can I just but you know <laughs> <laughs> when she sees it, she gonna go crazy. We had this conversation. <laughs> oh 
Oh, man, but... Rhonda, I love you. Don't be offended. I'm so sorry. I'm not telling your business. I'm just proud of you. That's 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 Rhonda, she made me talk about it. I didn't bring it up. That's so funny. (laughs) Oh, but yeah. So for me, I just, I'm ready to experience these different things and I'm growing and I'm happy and I can't wait. Um, But my life doesn't revolve around sex because my, I've I've had a lot in my life, so I value other things, so... Okay. You know, yeah. To I, your experience, you're seasoned. Um, I have to tell you off air what my number is, but <laughs> are, you willing, are you willing to share your number? Because people nowadays, they're like they won't share their number, and I'm like, I, I want somebody who's experienced because then you know how to handle me, versus someone who's inexperienced, and I'm like, eh, okay, yeah. But if you know you. I like a little hole in my man. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm going to just say this because I'm not definitely sure of the exact number, but I know it's in this range. If I'm not over, I'm real close to a hundred. And that's no cap. I've, I, I did a lot of sex growing up. Like, oh, you just going to like, listen, I had no preference either. Like, you just want to have sex with me. Let's have sex. I was one of those was types. Was it good sex though, or was it just really? I didn't. I didn't, have, I, didn't, I didn't have. I didn't start having great sex through my thirties. Okay. No. Okay. Like my, I started having sex when I was what, 14, 15. So for fifteen years, I was having sex to have sex. I probably oh. had some quality, uh, box in between, like some woman who had some good. You know, I, Tiffany, I was, I was a very rambunctious individual. Um, I okay, just yeah I was I was in it like I have no problem sharing I have you know if you talk to any of my friends they'll tell you like I was I was in the sex like I was I thought that's what I was supposed to do to show that I was a man that mm. I'm supposed to have sex with these women like I will call women all times of night women will be like all right you come over and I will go over a woman's house and she will already be under the covers on her knees talk about just hit it from the back so I get in her house I lock her door I put the condom on I go hit and then I leave Wow. Like I was doing things like that. My homie be like, hey man, I just hit this chick. Uh she'll let you hit too. I'm hitting. <laughs> like, I'm a I'm a tell I'm I'm gonna tell us one story, then we're gonna cut this podcast over with. Please so, do, please do. At when we were younger, we had a sauna in our apartment building and we would go in there with women and cut the lights off. And sometimes we would switch women without their knowledge. But I was young. I thought that's what's cool. Like, I'm not saying that was cool, but I thought that's what's cool. I've never in my three years heard anything like that. Y'all would switch? We were just in the middle. We would just say, hold on a second, and we would get up, and we would go lay on top of the other woman. Like, so for me, sex wasn't a good thing. It was just like, we're doing it. He's doing it. You know, my homie got head in the back of the school bus. Now I got to get head in the back of the school bus. You know well, what I'm saying? Do so, women ever know the difference? I never asked them, but I'm pretty sure. Like, <laughs> like he, I'm pretty sure if another man did it differently and I did it differently, sure they should know the difference. But I think they were just enjoying. Well, I don't know if they were enjoying themselves, but they were participating. Oh. They were participating. <laughs> it wasn't like we forced them. Nothing like that's not what I'm saying. I mean, like, yeah, no, 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 yeah. I wasn't mindful enough to ask a woman if she enjoyed it back then. I didn't care less about you. I was thinking about my nut, and that's it. You know, right, if you, right. If you want a walnut, you can go over to Giant Eagle and get you a bag of ninety nine cents. Oh no, know? no. But, <laughs> so for me, I had a lot of sex. I think in high school, 
I know for sure in high school I had sex with 30 women, like without a doubt. In my four years in high, high school, school, yeah, I was, I was, listen, listen, in high school, I definitely, in college, no, I would say my freshman year, I had sex with maybe three women, but in high school, I definitely had sex with 30 women. And I don't, and I think about things like that, like, man, why was I moving so fast? Why was I doing those things, trying to fit in and just, my homies love me regardless to this day, but we just thought that's what I was supposed to do. I'm not ashamed of my experience, but I can honestly look back at it and say I was doing too much. I was wow. having sex. So, and then when, when I, we're gonna have to wrap this up because I keep talking about this thing, but okay, I have to okay. tell you. Because <laughs> I'll tell you so we'll much. We'll this for the next podcast. Yes. yes, yes. So before we get out here, I just want to tell you thank you for coming on. Like, I was kind of nervous to ask you because before, I asked you, I had talked to my sister about it, and you know, Rhonda, she, she, oh, she would love to do it. I'm like, you sure? She was like, yeah, because <laughs> I felt like you and I haven't spoken in a while, and yeah. I didn't know you were down south, and then I didn't know you were divorced either, so I was like, she definitely has someone I need to talk to, and plus, I just always had a good energy about you, and I just yeah, wanted to just talk you. to you and see you, hear thank your voice, you. make sure you were smiling, you know, just make sure you were just still being that strong Black woman I met, so I was just so happy that you wanted to do it like if I would have known that I probably would have had you on first because I think oh, wow. like, that's an honor yeah because I feel like we probably could have had a very the same conversation that probably would have helped me in my growth of podcasting because the person I had on first she helped me tremendously and she's one of my closest friends so I'm grateful that she was able to come on but oh, awesome. just, I've been I've been blessed to have uh six great people great women come on so far and talk to me you are the seventh so well, really thank the seven. It. I appreciate that. That number yeah. is 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 a favorite number of mine. The number okay. of perfection. Okay. It's the number okay. of perfection biblically. So oh, I'm gonna go okay. ahead and throw that out there. <laughs> um, I want to thank you for this opportunity. Before I came on, I prayed, and um, I prayed that it would elevate you and your podcast and everything that you are purposing to do. And I also prayed that it will open doors for me as well. So um, I'm praying for you. I'm supporting you. I'm cheering yes. you on. Yeah. And uh, I like what you're doing. I think you definitely have the great, great, great energy for this. Right. And I think it's going to go far. So, you know, you got somebody in Miami cheering you on. Yes, yes, I'm yes. Twerking, so, tw- yeah. twerking and cheering you okay, on. Okay, let me find out you're out here twerking for Jesus. Yeah. Let me find out. <laughs> I'm very proud of you, though. To see your growth Thank over you. the years has been, you. you've always been hilarious. Thank One of my you. favorite people ever. I often say, Rhonda, how's Robert doing? What's he up to? What's he doing? And, you know, he's still crazy. And, <laughs> um, but I enjoy you so much. So thank yeah. you for the opportunity. Yes. I hopefully, when I come down there, maybe we can do this live. We can have a different backdrop. Oh, um, and uh, I know you drink, and I already saw you drinking wine. We can have drinks while we're doing it. And yeah. have a different conversation because I feel like we got so much more we, could, we need to for discuss. For sure. We can unpack um, that. We, we definitely, I definitely want to share more stuff with you and get your perspective so I could just know from your point of view, because it seems like you have some experience of your own and you just, <laughs> you just, your, your aura is going, you're glowing, you're glowing. Thank you. And I just appreciate it. So before we get out of here, um, it's one thing I like to say always when I end my podcast and that is to, well, stay COVID free and to eat more chicken. Oh, okay. Yeah, because you're not <laughs> my thing. <laughs> so I want to say thank you and I love it and to thank the next you. I love
Love you. Until the next time we speak, uh, I look forward to it, but uh, we're going to get on out of here. Peace out. Peace. Salute. Good job. <laughs>